Renelle and Tyndall and Ray, thank you all. Janelle, I mean. I said Tyndall, didn't I? Uh, get nervous doing this and uh, had a great opportunity to be with you and share with you. And I'm glad you're here uh, that we can share together. Uh, this morning as we're talking, uh, I-, I want us to uh, talk about a spiritual physical. Uh, how many of y'all remember Dr. Rout? I love Dr. Rout. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get his roll-top desk, and uh, uh, that's my desk now, and I think about some of the things that he would have done. But Dr. Rout was the rural kind of doctor, the kind of doctor that, how many got to go to his back door? That was great, wasn't it? Get to go in that back door, not have to sit out there with everybody and get in a little quicker, and uh, that was it. Well, Dr. Rout is the kind of doctor that we all remember and we loved, and uh, uh, he took good care of us. But uh, now let me tell you something else. A friend of mine, 94 years old, went to the doctor. 94, doctor gave him his annual physical, and if you don't do an annual physical, you need to. And so this 94-year-old gentleman goes to the doctor, and the doctor says, do you have any, uh, any complaints? You look good and all's well. And he says, my right knee, my right knee's just really bothered me. It hurts a lot. And so the doctor looked at it. He said, well, it's a little swollen. Let's do some x-rays, and we'll do some checks. So he did, and he came back, and he says, well, the problem is, is just your age. Now, he said, that doctor, that's just nonsense. Doctor? That right knee is the same age as my left knee, and it isn't bothering me a bit. Well, I want you to do a spiritual physical. And in this spiritual physical, I want you to be thinking and looking at your life and seeing just what your life is. What is your spiritual obligation? To a lot of people, the spiritual obligation is that I come to church on Christmas and Easter. I've met my spiritual obligation. I, I, I'm, completely, I'm completely covered. In our church and in our world today, we have those people that are talking about cultural religion. And cultural religion is just being religious on the outside, but not committed and not deep-rooted into anything. And I think we're finding this to be true with each of us in many ways. So that's why I want us to pause to take this spiritual evaluation, this spiritual examination, the communion that Tim just gave us a devotion. The communion tells us, let a man examine, let a person examine themselves. Today, I want you to examine yourself. I want you to look at your spiritual life. I want you to see how you're growing and how you're developing. And are you stronger spiritually this year than you were last year? Have you gained anything in your journey with Jesus? So let's look at that. And I think a beautiful example of that is found in our scripture in Luke, the 11th chapter. In Luke, the 11th chapter, you find that Jesus is invited to the house of one of the Pharisees. And the Pharisee comes and invites Jesus. Jesus comes into the house, and Jesus sets down, and the Pharisee is surprised 
because Jesus didn't wash his hands. Jesus didn't go through the formality of the hand washing. Now, the hand washing that the Pharisee was expecting is not the hand washing that we do, that we wash our hands for 20 seconds and uh, sing, uh, what is it, uh, happy birthday through three times, and that one of the things they told us that make sure you're getting. And, and, and I realize it's very important, especially right now, that we wash our hands and that we go through that with COVID. We have so many folks in our church that have COVID. Half my Sunday school class has COVID. Uh, COVID is real, and it's making a drastic difference in our community and in our world. Hand washing is important. But the hand washing they're talking about was a ceremony that you went through. It was precisely measured. It was precisely that you would have so much water poured over your hand in a certain way, in a certain manner, and you go through all this process uh, of hand washing. It's not this hand washing with soap in 20 seconds or whatever. It, it was a great ceremony that was brought on. It was a big show. And so that's what they're talking about and that's what they're seeing. So let's look at the scripture. And our scripture is going to be telling this and uh, it's on the screen for you. And when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him so he went and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people did not the, the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as far as what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice, the love of God, you have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. undone. Woe to you Pharisees because you love the most important seat in the synagogue and respectful greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you because you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered to him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. And Jesus replied, You experts in the law, woe to you because you have loaded people down with burdens that they can hardly carry, and you will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you because you build tombs for the prophets and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets and you build their tombs. 
Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that have the prof, held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary yes i tell you this generation will be held responsible for all Woe to you experts in the law, because you've taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves, or excuse me, you yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who would enter. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of that day of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, wanting to catch him in something that he might say. As we look at this and as we look at this scripture, I keep losing that and I don't care. As we look at this and look at this scripture, I think it's important that we see that we're looking at a lesson that's talking to us with a great message of saying to each of us that it's important that we look at the scripture and that we see what this message is to us. And it's talking, I think, to us about our religious growth and development. Are we going through the motions like the ceremonial cleansing of the hands? Are we just going through motions? Are we coming to church and singing a few songs and partaking of communion, listening halfway to the sermon and getting up and going home and there's no impact at all on us? If that's what we're doing, then we're going through the same thing. And the words of Jesus were, woe to you. And the words that I have to you today, woe to you. Because it's much more important. Jesus did not go to the table with dirty hands. His hands were clean enough to begin the meal. But they saw the ceremony. They did not see the cleanliness, and they just wanted to go through the outside. Well, in our spiritual journey, one of the things that we have to do is look at our priorities. What are our priorities? All the Pharisees could see was a cup, and they were so concerned about the outside of the cup, and Jesus was asking them to look on the inside. And he told them that they had a foul inside spirit to them. What about your inner spirit? What about it today? You see, I think most of us have a tendency to major in the minors. The things that are really not important in our spiritual growth, we really want to look to. It's extremely difficult for us to keep the main thing the main thing, right? It is extremely difficult for us to look and see what is really necessary for our spiritual growth and development. Jesus gives us the example about the inner life, and he says, Then the Lord said to him, 
Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as far as what's inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Now, he just wasn't, he was just singling out something that they could see, that they could know. He wasn't giving a big, big evaluation. He was just saying, look, this is something that you all need. Because you go into the marketplace and you love the people to say, hey, there's Rabbi so-and-so. There goes Mike. Hi, Mike. But on the inside, you really don't care for them. You just want their acknowledgement. But you don't care about their journey, about their struggles, about their hurts. In your inner self, you've got to become more concerned You've got to be more listening to your brothers and sisters in Christ. You've got to be hungry to help and to show Jesus. That little light of mine, and thank you, Rennell, that little light of mine is important to shine because, honestly, the only Bible that most people are going to read is that light that is shining from you. That's the only Bible that a lot are going to see. And what do they see? Do they see a negative, cantankerous old person that never sees anything good? What do they see? What is coming out of you? It's that inner person, that person that you really are. And what, what are you? Are you like the man that couldn't sleep at night? And he had a very difficult time sleeping at night. And, and, and finally, he realized that he had cheated on his income tax so many years that that was what was keeping him awake, <coughs> that he was worried, and his conscience was bothering him. So he wrote a letter to the IRS, and he says, find and close a check for $500. I have not sufficiently completed my income tax in past, and I'm having a difficult time sleeping and so find this check. P.S. If I continue not to be able to sleep, I'll send the rest later. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? We're, we're just going through the motions. We're, we're pretending to care and we're pretending. We're plastic. When we need to be real. And what the world needs today is truly real people who really love God who really love Jesus and who is minded are fixed upon doing what Jesus Christ wants you to do. Your inner self. Look at your inner self. Are you the kind of person that really loves Jesus Christ? Jesus loves me. Why? How do I know that Jesus loves me? The Bible tells me so. So read the Bible, set that personal relationship with Jesus. When, when Sharon and I were dating, and, and post offices were quite different than they are today, you could mail a letter and the next day. And so when I would go home on Fridays from Louisville, and I would come back on Monday, 
The first thing I'd do on Monday is I'd go to the west end of Louisville to Sharon's house. I would go there and then I would go to class at 6 o'clock at Louisville Bible College and then I would see her every day as she was a student at Louisville Bible College. And then on Friday I'd go home and I'd preach at Liberty on Sunday. But on Friday I would send her a, a letter. On Saturday I'd send her a letter and on Saturday I'd do it special delivery and they would deliver it on Sunday. So we didn't have cell phones and it cost to call, you know, and, and it was cheaper to send the letter. Well, that was the kind of contact I wanted with her, that every day that we were in communication. Well, that's the kind of relationship that we have to have with Jesus, that every day we're in communication with Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? Every day we have to be in communication with Jesus. Every day we have to talk to him. And if our inner self is saying, I'm going to try this, and if this doesn't work, then I'll do some more later, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. He says, you, you, Jesus said, <coughs> you all tithe the smallest things of the, of the garden the mint, the rue, but you're not real when it comes to serving God and caring about one another, caring about one another. That's very, very important. So evaluate your priorities. Evaluate your priorities and see what they are and see what you feel on the inside and your relationship with the inside and then look at the outside. There's strong challenges in the world. And what do the people see when you walk through the marketplace? How do they honor you? Is it true? Jesus issues a very strong challenge in our scripture today. And Jesus is issuing a strong challenge that uh, we've got to be looking out. There's dangers. There's pitfalls out here. And we've got to look for those. And one of those is that uh, we get so caught up in ourselves that we forget others. It's important that our faith, that our light is shining on other people and that they can see Jesus Christ living in us. It's important. It's important that our yeas be yea. It's important that our integrity be upright and true. It's important. If we claim to care, then let's make a difference. If we claim that we are people that are caring people, let's be people that are caring people. I, I had an eye-opening experience this week. I, 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 I've known some people for many, many years, and I sit down with them accidentally on uh, one day this week, and, and, and they started telling me things that I, I never had any idea they were going through that. Everybody, everybody's got some kind of struggle that they're going through. Be supportive. Be wait and ready to listen. Be there for them. And be honest in it. Up in Indiana, America, I had a friend whose wife had a stroke. And my, he was a preacher. And the church rallied. Oh, man. 
They, they brought food. They, they provided transportation. They gave him days off to stay in the hospital with his wife. They really cared. They really, really cared. She was discharged from the hospital. She, she did not completely recover from the stroke. She could not speak uh, clearly. She, she could not walk very well. It was wonderful the way the church responded. But when she got home, the people started clamoring a different drumbeat. The people were saying, you know, brother so-and-so can't do his job because his helpless wife. His helpless wife, he's just holding him back. The church isn't ministering like it ought to because of his helpless wife. They dismissed him. What happened? What happened to that church that cared? What happened? The same thing, we've got to be on our guard, and I think Jesus is telling us, Woe! Woe to you people! Woe to you people who claim to be caring! Woe to you people! <clears throat> because you're not lifting up one another, and you're not encouraging one another. Woe to you people! Woe! Because you are not making that difference for Jesus Christ. You know, I, I am not a religious expert. And if you're in my Sunday school class and I invite you to come to my Sunday school class or any Sunday school class at 9 o'clock on, on uh, Sunday mornings. But I believe in this Bible I believe that it is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I believe in this little book that it's out there and it is telling me the way I should be. I believe in this book and I believe that this book is telling me that we need to create an environment of open-mindedness where people can come together, where they can love one another they can lift up one another, and they can show one another they honestly care. This Bible is telling me about a great love story. This Bible is telling me about a love story that God so loved me, that God so loved you. What did he do? What did he do? He gave his only begotten son. Why? That we do not perish. God loves you, and he gives you this love story. And this church is built upon that love. This is not a club. This is not an organization that one or two people are controlling. This is God's house built on God's word. And you are God's people that make up this house. And you need to be people who are examining yourselves and you're looking at your inner life and you're looking at your reflection and is it showing the word of God wherever you go? Yes, this is an essential love story and it tells how God loves you and how God loves me and we're out there to make a difference in this world. When Sharon and I went to Israel, one of, one of the great moments, and I don't know who said it, but somebody uh, 
there, there were two or three main topics. And when we went, it was a long time ago, it was 1979, and, and, and the big question was would uh, 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 Ronald Reagan be elected president? Uh, everybody, everywhere we went, asked that. Do you, do you Americans think who, and, 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 and that was the question. Well, uh, another, we were in a, uh, a uh, Jewish home, and uh, they were making conversation, and, and he says, you Americans amaze me. You're so funny. He says, you Americans, you, you take the Bible literally. You, you, you're funny. You take the Bible literally, but you don't take it seriously. Now, think about that. That is a condemnation on all of us. You take the Bible literally. This is the love story God's given to us, but you're not serious about it. And, and I want to ask you today, how serious are you about your religious life? How, how serious are you about your relationship with Jesus? Because all the world's ever going to know is the quality and the quantity you love. How does the world know that you are Christians? By the way you love. The scripture says that, by the way you love. So as you take this test today, as you go through this test and you honestly evaluate yourself, I hope you come back with some positive, positive results. And in those positive results, I hope you're going to find some ways that you might improve your life. I hope you're going to find some ways that you're doing well and that you continue to do those. But I ask you to pause, to take a moment or time to evaluate who you are spiritually. And will Jesus Christ say to you right now, well done, thou faithful and good student, our steward. Adam, in his plans, he's going to put in more Bible studies this year and more opportunities for home outreach. And that is so that neighborhoods can see that you are Christians and that the sign that the little light's going to be shining in your neighborhood. Uh, we're, we're going to be doing some other positive things in the community, but all this is in the framework that we might show the world that Jesus Christ is alive and well and that he's alive and well in our lives. But you know, today, I'm going to ask you to look at your hands. I did this once before and asked you to look at your hands. And what are your hands doing for Jesus? In your evaluation, look at your heart. And there are so many hearts that are cold and cool. I love the little saying, I should have you do this one. I'm going to get all excited, tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. You know that song? I'm going to get excited, tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. I want you to get excited. And I want those cool hearts of yours to be warmed and, and on fire. I want those, those hands that are doing nothing, that are idle. I want those feet that are not moving. I want that voice that is silent. I want it to get on fire. And I want it out there. And I want it to be telling people that Jesus Christ is king and he's coming again. And he's going to redeem you and take you with him. If you know him, <coughs> do you know Jesus? Does he know you? 
Get fired up, brothers and sisters. Get fired up that Jesus Christ is your king. Let's pray.